Welcome one, welcome all to episode 192 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, August 26th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, there is a mountain of news coming out of Gamescom, including Series S parody clauses bending, and we've got commentary on the wild news of Ubisoft partnering with Xbox to stream Activision games, but only in the UK. You heard that right. And of course, we have news and reviews roundups revolving around Armored Core 6 and Immortals of Avium. It is a packed show, and as always, we hope you enjoy Logan. We like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's been... Man, it's been a heck of a week, hasn't it? There's been so much news, and I know you've been super busy. So, yeah. I just, I, I don't know, man. There's, there's been Gamescom feels like E3 used to. Like this was Does this, this was, week. <laughs> yeah this this is this was like the first time I was like, man, this feels like a proper con, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been it's been super exciting. So I've been having a ton of ton of fun with that. Plus, uh, uh, Immortals of Avium, which we got codes for that we we got to play. So, yeah, it's just been a killer week, man. And and it's just like this is the beginning, the yeah. beginning of fall. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm stoked, dude. I'm really stoked. Big time, big time. I'll tell you what, man. Um, I, I like you said, I've been really busy. School year's starting next week, so we've had all the media, like everything. Right, I was AFK for almost all day of every day this week, right? So trying to digest the news, jumping into Discord, trying to like read, you know, 120 posts so I couldn't keep up. Uh, People were so cool and bullet pointed stuff for me and then going into the notes, trying to digest everything that happened if you missed even a day of news was wild. And so we're going to do that for listeners and try and make it a really kind of an easy understanding process. But it was cool to see all the news. And you're right. This is just the beginning. We're a week away from embargo lifts on Starfield. Uh, we we got Immortals of Avium and Armored Core to talk about. Uh, after that, we've got Cyberpunk coming up. And then, then it, it's, just, it's just wild, all the stuff that's happening, first party and uh, a third party. It's, I'm stoked. I'm stoked, and I'm here for it. So Yeah. Who, who are your uh, words of kindness this week, sir? So I wanted to, there's, oh man, this was a, it's, it was between a couple people because I, I got a lot of love this week. Uh, cause I put out a, uh, a pretty, uh, a pretty critical episode of Keelhauled. So yeah. I had a lot of folks reaching out saying that they, you know, they sympathized and stuff that, that, that was really nice. Um, but I wanted to shout out Edward Varnell, uh, oh. cause this week, uh, he went and just, just tossed out some stuff on, on Twitter that was just like, you know, let you guys know we we shout you guys out on Pow Block, and I was just it was he just really appreciates the Xbox love and the the discussion. And I just wanted to say thank you to that because that's that's like those emails that you know you you get from time to time when folks are like, hey, you know, this really helps me, and uh, I appreciate the content that you're putting out because 
I don't know. I'm looking forward to the 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 gold hoarder patron episode that I'm recording later today because it's going to mm-hmm. be an interesting one. Uh, but yeah, Edward Varnell just like absolutely made my week with with letting us letting us know that they mentioned us on Pal Block and stuff. So go check out Pal Block over on the Boss Network and uh, or Boss Rush Network and uh, give them some love as well too because they they freaking deserve it, man. Killing it. That, that feels good, man. That does feel good. I know exactly what you mean um yeah i saw that too and it was just it was like that that warm fuzzy like internal smile so, yeah you right know the, the uh i can't think of the little weasels i think they're from madagascar but the one that's all, like the little gif of the one that's like beating his chest and doing the peace sign mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's i'm giving that to ed because i appreciate cool. that i dig it i dig it that's awesome man um i want to shout out uh chipotle bear from the nerd chat uh he has oh, been yeah. working on my avatars uh, mm-hmm. and like my new Twitter avatar is the one that he made, he like cartooned up my, my old 360 avatar and it's looking mm-hmm. really good. Um, I was able to start like dripping that into creator talk thumbnails and starting to make use of that, uh, avatar has been really cool. He's just very talented and he's an educator as well. And so like, I know his time is critical. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just means a lot and it's, Pardon me. It's very cool to see kind of like that thing start making its way here and there. And I know he's got a couple of versions in queue for me just as his time allows. Yeah. Uh, so, so definitely shout out to them and nerd chat. Cause like every time I, I jump into to their chat briefly and just say hello. And then I, I often, I lurk, like I, I'm not a, I don't often engage. I just like to lurk. Um, yeah. and like same with uh project X talk, not X talk. Um, yeah. Save games media, Kevin Ainsworth and, and yeah. Sam, Sam, um, same thing there. Uh, so I just, I like to listen. And so just hearing them and it is dope. So that's fun. So, yeah, oh, I, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it can't be worse than what Amazon did to you for their fallout advertising and just throwing it into an AI generator. So it's, it's nice to see like, you know, some dark proper days. artists making some proper art. It was dark days. It hurt. i'm sorry i'll make it up with a better joke for for you and starfield (laughs) later on yeah man that's cool so uh well i i I, want to get to our patron shout outs and then i want to try and like make sense of this week um Mm. because we had a a dope week worth of news uh real quick though i will say if anybody hasn't checked out the making of karateka interview that I put up with digital eclipse. That's the third time Steven's been on the show. Uh, that is a really dope interview. Really, really fascinating for games, history preservation. I have no idea. Wh- or I had no idea rather why making of Karataka was important. And then hearing him talk and discuss what they're doing, uh, hearing Jordan Mechner, who is the creator of the making of Karataka, who did it at 17 when he was cutting classes from Yale. He also made Prince of Persia. That's <laughs> the same guy. And like hearing and seeing this, he was the first person to do like film capture for video games. It was cool. So it was a good interview. I hope you guys go check it out. Um, so that was I would dope. love to. I would love to hear like their thoughts on like Mortal Kombat years later. You should. It's we mentioned that in the interview actually. <laughs> Oddly enough. So there you go. Um, okay, so patron shouts. We guys want to thank, uh, or rather, we want to thank all of you guys for helping keep the lights on and the content coming by going to Patreon.com/slash Xbox Expansion Pass. You are sincerely helping us get through this fall season. Uh, review codes are not gaming's it, it, coverage; rather, is expensive hosting that kind of stuff. So we really appreciate you guys helping us out. Um, is it my week or yours, good sir? I think it's oh, yours. Oh, that's a 
I think it's yours because I think okay. you did a dope. I, I tracked it. You did a dope job lip, lip syncing me last week. So I'm ready. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so tier two, tier three shout outs. Thank you to Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silken, Rick Gaffney, Zach LeCouture, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, the Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka the Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love, your support. It really does, you know, like Luke talks about, like the costs involved. I see that on my end with my podcast all the time. It really does help, man. It's yeah. it's dumb to say because it sounds so like matter of fact or so so cheesy, but it's it you know it's a passion project, and you guys are helping with your passion, and we appreciate that. Yeah, we had a cool uh, trip, uh, creator talk with TKO Asante uh, a few mm. days ago. That's still yep. up for patrons right now, and then uh, Pong Souls his went out to, uh, public to everybody. But I love that creator talk series. I learned so much about being a creator. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's fascinating so we got a xbox wrap-up that we're going to be recording in the next week or so too so oh, that's right keep an eye out for that that's right if you guys have suggestions on what you'd like to uh, have us chat about that's always an option too yeah and i enjoy our ama episodes of that that's always fun yeah so. all right well logan a uh, lot of news coming out of gamescom but and i want to get to that as well as the series s parody stuff and Baldur's gate but mm. I think uh, imperative that we talk about Activision Blizzard uh, as it's changed because the deal has changed significantly yeah. in one part of the world. <laughs> it's very strange, very unique. There's a 98-day extension to this deal. It's going to be ending on October 18th. And in order for the merger to close via, or for the CMA in the UK, because mind you, it's passed everywhere else, uh, all Activision Blizzard games on PC and console that are released over the next 15 years will go to Ubisoft specifically for the cloud streaming rights. So if you want to stream the, the Activision Blizzard games in the UK for the next 15 years, you'll be doing it through Ubisoft Plus. Uh, this is really fascinating. Um, go ahead. A little Please. caveat to that. Please. It, it could be through Ubisoft Plus. It could be through Game Pass Ultimate. It could be through any of the, the multitude of contracts that were signed prior to this alteration as well, too. So it won't. It's not exclusively in the UK through Ubisoft Plus. They just get to determine. They get to determine what the terms and pricing mm. is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so that is a good caveat to know. Um, I'm really fascinated by this because my understanding of it is that Ubisoft is paying Microsoft for this. Yeah, um, so they're doing a one-time lump sum for yeah. the the rights because, I mean, Microsoft isn't just going to spend $69 billion and then give away rights for cloud mm -hmm. streaming for free. So Ubisoft has agreed to do a one-time payment. Mm -hmm. But then they're also going to be doing a structured payment deal mm -hmm. based on the pricing and uh, uh, like a balance that they want to do as far as like how much are they going to charge 
other streaming platforms? How much are they going to pay that back out to Microsoft? So it, it's not going to be nearly as as like cut and dry as Microsoft owning the rights 100% and getting tons of money off of it because they don't have to make a deal with them about it. But it, it the verbiage in the blog post that Brad Sims put out definitely indicated that this was a bit of a sweetheart deal and that Ubisoft was getting to to be real fortunate to be able to have the rights to the ABK for cloud streaming. Mm-hmm. I really like this deal. It is not something I would have expected in this way, but mm-hmm. I like seeing Ubisoft and Xbox cozy up on that sweetheart style deal. Even if it is just for the UK, I think that strengthening of bond is good because we've seen Xbox struggle with some companies, um, as mm-hmm. PlayStation's like built with with Square Enix and, and whatnot. And we've seen Xbox really work to build relationships with third party publishers. So I like that, right? EA Play is part of Game Pass Ultimate. Working with Ubisoft here, I think, is a is a net positive. Um, I think because it's just in the UK, there will be a lot of things learned by by both companies uh, to see kind of what goes on. Um, but I'm all for it. I, I'm fine with this. This doesn't seem to seemingly on the surface affect me in any way other than net positives and that the companies are going to figure and learn out streaming platforms and cloud streaming that much better than they already do. Um, I saw some people saying this was Xbox conceding, and I don't agree with that s- sentiment or mentality. That didn't seem to make much sense to me. Um, but on the surface level, I'm very much in favor of this method of of uh compromise to get through the cma yeah and and make no mistake folks uh this this in no way means that we won't be able to get uh, activision blizzard games on game pass x cloud like games are still going to be coming like just because ubisoft owns the rights to determine like how they're going to to uh, market and price ABK games to cloud streaming platforms, uh, including their own as well as as Game Pass. But that that deal's probably already been made. They've probably already understood like how that's going to work out to ensure that X X Cloud will always have access. Um, this is just giving them the opportunity to say like, "Hey, uh, there's a brand new startup." for uh, a cloud streaming service in you know turkey or china and ubisoft is the one that's going to make the the deal and they're going to say hey we made this deal with china they're going to have the streaming rights to abk games so they can finally get access to world of warcraft and whatnot and you get this portion of money off of what we charge them and that's Mm -hmm. that's basically how it's going to work they're the ones that get to decide like how all that works but this doesn't mean that we're not going to get games on xCloud. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get games on Game Pass. That is all still going to be the case. This is purely just to give Ubisoft the uh, the opportunity to help with the CMA who says Microsoft can't have that much control over how the pricing and, and monetization of, of cloud streaming works. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft is like, that's cool. We trust Ubisoft. My question for you, Luke, does this mean that we are never going to see Ubisoft purchased by Xbox? Nope. Mm. I think there's a possibility of that down the line. Um, I, I wouldn't rule anything like that out. I also wouldn't stake a claim to, to knowing that it would or wouldn't happen. But like this was a 
Tai Chi the situation, redirect the energies type deal. Xbox mm. could have powered through and just gone around the UK. And instead, they're getting a lump sum uh, of cash influx from Ubisoft. They're building a third party relationship. They literally Tai Chi this this energy to make it a, a further net positive for them. So um, I wouldn't put anything past anybody right now, given all the strange oddities we've seen. Sony right now has been acquiring several companies uh, uh, that, that have kind of gone unnoticed next to all this other news worth Googling <laughs> if anyone's interested. Um, so I wouldn't put anything past anyone at this point, uh, but I also wouldn't bank on it for a bit in all likelihood major acquisitions are going to be on hold because xbox for their part they need to figure out some stuff the logistics right the the thing like how do you work with hr how do you change uh culture in a company like activision that is needing to uh kind of shift their priorities and mentalities and take better care they just recently unionized xbox needs to honor that xbox is their own things working out as they rearrange some studios uh you know, across the globe right now, UK, uh, Asia, the in multiple in the United States. And I can kind of tie this to an interesting question that Destin Laguerre asked Phil Spencer when he was interviewing him, which is a worthwhile interview for anybody that uh, is interested. He actually asked Phil Spencer about, you know, how are you going to navigate the, the changing of culture? Bobby Kotick says that Game Pass isn't good for uh, for developers, how are you going to change the mentality? And Phil Spencer was just pretty much like, well, he won't be in charge or making decisions. Now yeah. it's just like, hmm, all right, there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot to navigate through all of this. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it happen, but I really was impressed by this deal after I took a moment and processed it. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base, but I don't think, I don't think I am in this case. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a great opportunity to, because I mean, we're, we're talking about just the cloud streaming rights. We're not talking about like licensing for the games or what's going to get put on Game Pass or, you know, how much uh, console exclusivity there's going to be for future IPs. Like the deal is going to, they're going to get the rights in perpetuity, but it's going to be for the next 15 years for PC and console games. The thing that I think is good about this is, is that there's going to be strong ties with Ubisoft and, and Microsoft at this point. You know, Ubisoft mm -hmm. is pretty good when it comes to being a a, a, a fair third party. Oh yeah, they launch on every system. They'll, like they 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 supported the Wii U right off the gate. You know, and the Switch too. Yeah, yeah. They, they're really good about doing that. And uh, knowing that they're going to have this kind of deal in place for the next fifteen years with Xbox just ensures that there's going to be a, a healthy relationship there. There has to be. So, and if it's not, then, you know, that's, that's later for lawsuits and lawyers to deal with. But uh, knowing that they're going to have a strong relationship makes me wonder if we might start to see things like Ubisoft Plus that I would like to have uh, mm -hmm. start making its way to a Game Pass if they want to do like a Game Pass Ultimate uh, re revamp that includes mm -hmm. more services at a higher cost or something like that. You know, like, that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at this as is like we don't necessarily need the ABK streaming rights mm -hmm. on on cloud services. We've got plenty of first party rolling in. Mm -hmm. This is just kind of getting us over the finish line for the CMA, and I'm 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 excited about that. That this is the best news that I've heard outside of them just getting the deal closed and being okay with it because Ubisoft's a good partner for them.
Yeah, agreed. And my closing kind of thought on this topic is uh, this is this implies that we'll start seeing Activision Blizzard content hit Game Pass before the end of the year. Um, yeah, which I, I think, think they is want going to. to be. I think they do, and I think it's going to be quite important if they're really going to make a dent in the holiday sales. Starfield mm-hmm. and Forts are good, but Activision Blizzard uh, really sweetens that deal. So yeah. it depends on if they're able to get it done and if they can market it properly. So we'll see. Curious about that. They were real quick when when uh, Bethesda jumped over. Like mm-hmm. they kind of knew what was going on. I, I imagine that, you know, Phil Phil mentioned this, but I, I would imagine that we, we do see that because they kind of know it's coming and yep. they can kind of prep for that kind of thing beforehand to have mm-hmm. a really cool like announcement slash pairing of, of you know, why this is going to be a boon for for fans, for Xbox fans. Tangentially related to that uh, and Gamescom coverage was uh, a question that Destin had asked Phil Spencer as well in the same interview that I referenced a moment ago about, you know, getting four four, Xbox games a year. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took umbrance with that in that we have gotten way more than four even this year. Some people are saying that Starfield is is the start of that. And I understand what they mean in spirit, I think. Uh, Yeah. But this year alone, we got Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires 2 on console, Ghostwire Tokyo, if you count it, and I, I, I understand if you don't, Minecraft Legends, Redfall, Age of Empires 4 Anniversary just dropped for consoles, PC, and cloud. Uh, that's a big deal. Starfield comes in September, Forza in October. Um, and you could even argue, though I would not personally, uh, that the Quake Remaster uh, kind of falls into that. They've gotten quite a few games out of Xbox this year. Yeah, I think the spirit of the question is like exclusive, massive AAA, but I would I would even just say like exclusive because I I, 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 like people look at like uh, Minecraft Legends. Minecraft Legends is not exclusive. And Mm -hmm. I and I think that's the reason why I think people are looking for because I think people recognize how good Hi-Fi Rush is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the is this only available on Xbox? And if Mm -hmm. it is, it counts which I don't think Phil and the team at Xbox measure it at that that rate. If that's the case, then people are overlooking Age of Empires 2. Um, True. And 4. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they, they have 6 if you count that. Um, they are. And so, again, I understand the spirit of that criticism. And I think when they take a step back, Xbox does too. But public facing, they've done far more than they've, they've done in the past. So I, I'm of two minds on that mentality. Mm-hmm. But for me, 2023 has been a pretty solid year for Xbox. Oh, it's been, been a great year for Xbox. And too way often, better. Way better than 2022. Yeah. yeah. And too often overlooked are the live service games. Too yeah. often overlooked. You know, continuous support of their live service games. Summer in a drought, Sea of Thieves notwithstanding, right? But Halo has had a pretty good 2023, though again, mm-hmm. missed the window. I, I understand those arguments, but there is a good deal of support for their live service stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's grounded just inter- too. grounded. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, it's just been an interesting conversation to follow. But one thing that I really like is that if you go buy an Xbox this holiday, Series S or X, parity clause bending as it is, uh, you're you've got a lot to do that's of quality. And I think yeah. that's really cool. And I hope people do investigate that. At least I hope. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where if we're if 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 gamers really, if 
if news pundits want to be honest with themselves and ask the real question, I think a lot of a lot of them might come to realize that the question that they want to ask Phil is why isn't Xbox making games each year that are closer to what Sony releases? Agree. That's a and, better question. Yeah, and 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 it's true because I think that they are making games that are great, but you and I jumped into Immortals of Avium this week and that feels like a, a God of War game mm-hmm. and we enjoyed it and I'm sure we'll probably dive into it later. I don't want to you know jump around too much, but that's a game that had that been a first party game would probably be getting a lot more scrutiny over, um, but it also would have been one of those like feather in the caps like, yeah, Xbox released Immortals of Avium and that is their, that is a, a good kind of God of War style game. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And that's, you know, that's what I think a lot of people are like, how come Xbox isn't doing this? Well, right. They're doing this, but your definition of this is different than what Xbox's definition of this is. Right. Uh, I think that's a, a good analogy uh, that we might need to qualify the God of War comparison to AVM later on. Mm. Um, but I, but I, but your point is well taken uh, with me. I am really curious to see Starfield reactions because. I'm you and I have not played it. I know. You and I have not played it, though we think we're going to... We're slated to start... By the time this goes out, we think, maybe. Um, depending. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I got caught in spam folder. So so frustrated by that. It's um, okay. It's all right. I just feel so bad for you. but Because um, it's going to you. You have the better time and, and, and the knowledge base. I will want B-roll, though. I will want B-roll. Oh, so, man. I, I can't wait to record how many things I'm going to do to people in that game. It's going to be, <laughs> did I say that out loud? What are we, what's our next, uh, what's our next topic? So, so the reason I bring up Starfield is, uh, I, I don't think it's going to land above 90 anymore. I think it's going to be mid eighties. Um, mm. and I'm very, cause I just scuttlebutt things I'm hearing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this kind of game is one that's meant for a lifetime. You know, like it, it's meant oh, to yeah. evolve. So, does the Metacritic truly matter? I don't think it will in this case. I think it matters in some games, even though I'm not a proponent and fan of that mentality. I think in terms of mm-hmm. like selling to the masses, Metacritic matters. Um, again, I don't subscribe to that mentality, but I do understand the realities of it. So I'm really curious to watch Starfield reaction, right? Like how gamers respond to reviews, coverage, early release, early access. Um, I don't think it's truly going to matter long run. Here's what I think people need to realize uh, with Starfield. And I'm going to try and make this as, as clear and succinct as possible. There's a difference between going to a high-end restaurant and ordering uh, filet mignon compared to going to a buffet restaurant and having a filet mignon available, but having a far more broader scope of food that you can actually eat from are you comparing starfield to golden corral right now i am oh boy and the reason for it is <laughs> Fan boys engage and the reason for it is because when you try to do so much with a game when you try to make a when you try to build a game that is is a a foundational layer that is going to be broadened and extended for decades um you're not going to have as neat of, of refinement as a game that is focusing on one character, one story arc, three chapters, 
in a 20 hour time frame. Mm-hmm. That is a it like you can get all the ray tracings and puddles you want in a game mm-hmm. when it is so narrowly focused in on one thing because you're just you're honing that one edge and you've you've just got to worry about honing that one edge of the sword and when you get done it's going to be really really sharp but if you have three or four different weapons you know you've got a bow staff you got nunchucks you got size you got a sword you you can you only sp- I appreciate it. <laughs> you can only spend so much time taking care of those weapons, you know? So when you go to that buffet, you're going to have a ton of stuff and it's going to be great for a ton of people because so many people are going to go to that buffet and they're going to find the little bits of food here and there that are going to be from different cultures and stuff that they like to eat. Not everyone is going to go to a a really high-end restaurant and enjoy filet mignon because they may be vegan, they may be vegetarian, they may be pescatarian. They may not just like filet mignon. And that's the difference between the games that I think people are asking for when it comes to PlayStation compared to Starfield. So Starfield is going out to a lot of folks and they're giving them a lot of time to be able to play with it because you want to give them that time at a buffet to, to walk around, to look at the, the different types of food that are available and stuff, because you're hoping that somewhere in that huge array of food, there's going to be something that is just absolutely what hits their craving. Mm-hmm. And if you get that, it snaps, it clicks, and they just, they go off on that. And that's why I think Starfield is going to maybe do a little bit lower than what, you, you know, what your expect what your expectations were, were initially mm-hmm. compared to what other games like first party titles that are coming out that are very narrow focused from other, other publishers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll be really fascinating to watch. And I think onboarding is going to be hugely important given the number of people that are going to adopt Starfield that maybe didn't play Skyrim or that kind of game. So yep. I'm really interested to see that. And they so. and they they talked a little bit about that. Like there were hints. You could hear hints from Phil and Pete Heinz. Um, or no, Pete Heinz? Heinz. Heinz. Thank Heinz. you. Mm-hmm. Pete Heinz. Um, so sorry, there's there's two there's two guys named Pete in my life. There's there's one from Rare who's the marketing guy, and there's one from Bethesda who's the marketing guy. So I always mix them up. Um, but They both talked about how it's going to be a few hours to kind of get your groove on with Mm -hmm. with Starfield. You know, it's going to be three to four hours. You know, uh, uh, Pete talked in in, uh, the Bethesda DE stream on on Twitter or Twitch that, you know, the main the the game really doesn't really start until you finish the game, which is a scary prospect when you're talking to anyone who doesn't have time to be able to dedicate, you know, 50 hours to a campaign. and that is because they are Bethesda. They're looking at the broader scope of what they're going to do with this game over the next 10 years, mm-hmm. not what's going to have good review impressions mm-hmm. for for Jeff Keighley's award ceremony. Right. And I, I think you're right. And everything I'm hearing about the builds that are out there is that onboarding is tough. But once you get there, cross, cross a threshold and figure out who and what you want to be in Starfield the sky's the true limit like, yeah and i'm really really fascinated by that um so lots of of news coming out of gamescom and i'd like to go ahead and address the series s Baldur's gate stuff first logan mm. um, Baldur's gate uh of course out on pc right now a lot of people in our discord are playing it uh having a, an absolute blast is arriving on playstation 5 on september 6th this year um uh, 
pretty big deal that it's not arriving on Xbox. However, we got word from Xbox, from Phil Spencer, from the head of uh, Larian at Baldur's Gate, uh, Swen Vink. I, I'm so bad at that name. I apologize. Um, that Xbox will be getting Baldur's Gate 3 before the end of the year in large part due to the bending of the parity clause between the Xbox Series S and X. Uh, the biggest hang-up seeming to be the inability for the Series S to currently handle split-screen despite Larian's best efforts. Uh, so they're going to be bending that clause for the time being for Baldur's Gate 3 to let this game, uh, that is a Game of the Year caliber experience for all intents and purposes, arrive onto Xbox for Xbox players before the end of the year. I think this is really interesting. I'm really fascinated by the willingness to bend for this game. And uh, we had a lot of people write in. I know Suddy wrote in and saying, how important is it for Microsoft uh, to keep parity between the Series S and X with the new news of Baldur's Gate holding back the Series S or being held back by Series S limitations? Does that make sense to keep requiring the same features on both consoles or cut some features from the game? I think Ashes to Ashes also wrote that in, wrote in a similar style question. Um, I know my thoughts on whether they should or shouldn't keep the parody. Um, but I invite you to go first because I've been talking. Uh, so I I think parody is important. Um, I think impar- I, I, I think it is imperative that parody persist. Uh, because some deeper vendetta level. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was at, I was honestly, I was a little bummed that Phil bent the knee on this. Uh, and 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 I understand because I, the question in my mind has been if Baldur's Gate 3 was a 72 and not the 96 that it is, would this have happened? And I think the answer is yes, but it may not have been Baldur's Gate 3. It may have been the next high rated third party that had issues. So this was this feels like an inevitability. And I think Baldur's Gate 3 is the thing that that finally was the turning point um but i'm gonna be honest man the the xbox series s is a powerful system it has the same processing uh cpu it has the same speed for for memory the only thing it lacks in is the raw video like performance that that the series x can do Mm -hmm. and it's and it's because it's a a much a much cheaper system to buy Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could you could get a Series S like a couple of years ago on Black Friday for two hundred dollars, dude. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you bought a next gen console for two hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't happen anymore. So when right. I see when I see that Phil is doing this, I understand that the reason he's doing this is because he wants it on Series X because that is important. And yeah, the it's a ninety plus Metacritic game that people yeah. are loving. Why yeah. deny Xbox players that? I'm all for bending the knee. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm trying to be empathetic to the Series S owners out there because they're also they're also ones that that bought bought a console understanding that it was it was sacrificing on frame rate and resolution. Mm-hmm. Those were the two things that that we understood going into the Series S were going to be the caveats to why you didn't get the Series X. And a lot of people don't necessarily like there's still a lot of 1080p big screens out there that don't need it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks probably saw like, hey, you know, the Switch is my main console. I play that on my TV. The Series S has, uh, a, a, you know, a cheap enough cost that I can buy in and get that. 
and to not have split screen there because the devs couldn't figure it out frustrates me because it wasn't on the series s it was on the devs because other mm -hmm. companies are out there doing it as well too look at diablo 4 there's console parity between those two and they figured it out looks mm -hmm. like the same style of game top down isometric rpg mm -hmm. so what up what's up larry and why is it so hard for you but not for blizzard is it just a, a manpower thing is it is the 90 like i feel like the 96 is throwing its weight around the room knocking stuff over and every, and phil's just in the corner with his arms crossed frustrated with the situation because he just wants him to sit down and, and and play at the table with the rest of the consoles in in pc market and xbox is sitting there wondering like why they aren't included on the on the you know on the fun hmm. but that's just how i feel that's i'm being right. i'm and, and i'm trying not to be hyperbolic about it but that's that's why i'm annoyed by this but i knew it would happen eventually Completely respect the empathy. I think it's important. But I look at what Series S and X came out in 2020. 2020, 2020 right? yeah. Yeah, it's been three years. I'm okay with a little bending here and there. All right. Allow mm -hmm. this split screen is not so important to the masses, the amount of people uh, to deny the, the rest of the people on Xbox again. Yeah. That is kind of my argument here. And if it's so important to you, you save up and snag it on on and snag a Series X. And that sounds so elitist, and I don't mean for it to. And I realize it's a very privileged position. But when I look at the mass amount of consumers, gaming is, a, is an expensive hobby. And something that is often thought of in the podcasting space is that gamers are entitled to this. Entitled. We should get this. We deserve that. Games cost money, hardware costs money, time to develop costs money. We yeah. must pay the money to have the experience. Um, I mean, shoot, it, there are plenty of things I'm not going to experience this year simply because of funding and time, right? And that's just the yeah. reality. That's, that is part of it. Um, and so if it's so important to you, you would sacrifice in other places and do that. And I don't mean for I'm so dangerously teetering on like this like one percenter attitude and that's not what i mean so i hope i'm being taken by what i mean maybe not what i sound like but i don't want the entire mass of xbox consumers to be denied an experience based on the series s i do think it should be case by case because we don't want just anything we don't want series s experiences to suffer but i play on my s all the time if i want to see the best best experience i need to go upstairs and play on my x right that is the reality. So if you purchase a cheaper uh, console, you might not get everything you would have with the most expensive. My car is a mid, no, like if I buy the highest tier of a car versus the lowest tier, there are some things that just won't be the same. Yeah, That is, that is my mentality. And if I was truly needing that higher experience, I would have saved longer or I would have recognized that I'd miss out. Maybe is that, does that make more sense? Or I, think I sound the, like a jerk. I think or the difference like with the, the car analogy is, is that you weren't promised the same features at a lower horsepower mm. than, than the higher end car. Like they didn't say like, Oh, you're getting all the, all the auto driving parking junk that, you know, mm -hmm. this high end $50,000 car is getting. The only difference is that it's not going to be a V8 with, you know, 400 horsepower or something like that. You're going to get gotcha. a, a V V six with, you know, 300 horsepower, but gotcha. you're going to still get all the really cool features and stuff like that. That was never promised. Cause that's mm. a, a whole different market. It would honestly, 
and 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 for folks that are a little annoyed by this um they did say that they are going to be working on bringing split screen to series s it just may not arrive at the same time or or this Mm. year but they do want to try and get the game on console for people that do want to play it personally my my personal thing like if this is a big enough deal for you I would recommend looking to see about either picking up another Series S for a different room for your for your partner who wants to play it with you mm-hmm. or just hold off, you know, because it, it, the longer you wait, the cheaper it's going to get. That's how games work. So unless you're Nintendo. So at some point, this game will get a discount. I would not be surprised if it was like in six months and chances are by then they may have that. So it may just and there's plenty of stuff else to play as well, too. So maybe take a look at some of the other games that are available and hold off on this one because you'll you'll eventually get it. It just won't be right away. And I had the PS3 energy a few minutes ago. You know, get a second job. You know, gamers will do <laughs> that. Like, get a second job. <laughs> I was trying. To, I, I just feel like it sounded bad. Um, so it but I, I understand where you're coming from because, you know, you want you want to, to give you want people to understand that this is this is an investment. Like if I want to play VR, I got to go buy a PSVR two, or I have to go right. buy an Oculus. Like I can't just expect that because I want it. Exactly. And I don't have VR and I can't be mad that I can't don't have it because I didn't spend the time to go pursue that. That's kind yeah. of what I was trying to say, which I understand. It's, yeah. it's just, there, there's no way to be, there's no way to get, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too in this situation. It's just not how that's going to work out. Yeah. Um, that said, I I do hate for anybody that really wants this experience and this is all they, they can afford at the time or, or whatnot. That does suck. And mm-hmm. I get that. And I'm I hate that for you. I, I really do. Um, what I will say is Baldur's Gate is a fantastic game that even if you don't get to play with your partner split screen, uh, you can still play with them, like have them on the couch, you know, trade off, decide like who together, like who you want to bring into your party, you know, choices you want to make. It's D&D. So you get to, you know, the roles will happen, but the choices that you make prior to that role could 100% be something that you and your partner play with or, or, or do, or, you know, you and your kid decide to do together. I would not play Baldur's Gate with a kid now that I think about it. That is way too thirsty of a game. Uh, <laughs> play with your partner and uh, make the decisions together. Uh, if you can't play together that's a good call that is a good call so uh well of course gamescom brought uh plenty of other you know news items i think the s parody was kind of the main topic of discussion uh and it was really kind of kind of monopolizing some of the conversations but a lot of other stuff kind of just popped out a lot of starfield coverage uh were there any starfield elements of, of news that came out of gamescom that stood out to you uh from from the past week i really loved uh just the enthusiasm that came out from the team um the confidence that was shown at gamescom was impressive it was nice that they had a theater where they showed 300 people at a time there's a huge queue for that theater by the way which was just literally a giant walled off area that had Mm -hmm. no ceiling and it was just a big screen and a bunch of chairs um but they showed off the first few missions or the first couple missions like kind of condensed for folks to kind of like watch starfield and i i loved what pete said uh about the fact that 
the reason they didn't go harder with Starfield is because it literally is right around the corner. It is at the end of this week. Mm -hmm. And to focus on trying to get a build built up for a demo for that kind of thing really just did not make sense given the, the launch window. So I'm glad that they allowed the teams to continue to build. And and Phil talked about this with the uh, Destin Legary interview on IGN that the build that is currently being played on for review is not even the final build. We usually know there's a day one patch, but confirmation of that still to me shows that the team is is very invested on making this the best Bethesda experience you've ever had. Mm -hmm. And I yep. really appreciated that. That was that was just something that I was really happy to hear from specifically for Starfield because a lot of other stuff it's they're they're being very good about not teasing anything about mm -hmm. the story, which is perfect for me because I want to go in like on my own and discover that. I saw a guy that was that had leaked the game. Like I don't know if he got I don't think he got a oh yeah copy, but he had like a retail copy somehow earlier and he got there, arrested. Yeah, yeah. The guy that uh he he posted 40 minutes of the game online mm -hmm. has now been arrested and there's a felony charge against him for uh for for doing that. And have at it, man. I'm I, I clocked it in at 15 minutes. Uh, two seconds. So it's just over the 15, a little, a little egregious, but you know, the felony charge makes up for the additional seconds on that 15 minutes of fame. You got you stupid <laughs> bastard. I'm so glad <laughs> Xbox lawyers and, and Nintendo lawyers are doing the, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like handshake with the muscles and they're like, we got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I'm so glad, man. Stop trying to ruin games for other people because you're selfish and have an ego. It's not mm -hmm. worth the clout. Make content like a normal human being and just enjoy games for what they are. It's not a it's not a platform for you to make a, a, a name for yourself on through leaks and stuff like that. Like every time that happens, nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to see your stuff. Everyone's just wanting to excite. It's like seeing articles come out the same day that ah Ahsoka is launched and they're like, you're never going to believe the battle that just happened. And I'm like, I don't even want to see, I haven't even gotten to see this yet. Stop. It's like GameSpot ruining last Ronin for people. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like you're just making it less fun for people. Yeah. Crazy. Like there's, there's honest mistakes like I did, which was <laughs> even the actual thing. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then there's like actively trying to ruin something for someone else. Yeah. It's like, don't be that person. You're better yeah. than that. Maybe you strive to be better than that. Yep. Uh, did you, so, so kind of gamescom and uh, mass, you did some really good notes here. I'm going to pick and choose some stuff here and, and fill, fill the gaps where I might've missed stuff. Mm. Uh, really loved that. Uh, we saw stalker two and it, we heard from the stalker two team. It looks like that game's coming in 2024. Yeah. Uh, but they were stalker devs on hand at gamescom. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. And and shout out to Destin for being very uh for for being very considerate during the interview that he had with them as well too because at that moment it wasn't about what Stalker Two is I think a lot of folks know what Stalker Two is at this point but it was more about letting the devs come out in public mm -hmm. and really share how they feel about trying to make a game in the middle of a war when bombs mm -hmm. are going off around you. And, and Phil Spencer uh, talked about this as well, too. Um, and I think this was with uh, Charlie 
on Xbox on. Love and uh, I got to meet her. Yeah. 2019. She's, yeah. she's cool. I love her. She's, uh, she did a woman of Xbox podcast for a while and it was so cool to have, have her bring on certain guests and stuff, especially like Sarah bond and, and stuff. But, um, I'm pretty sure that Phil talked about how hollow it felt requesting an update on the game knowing what they're going through and trying to be supportive like that. Like, and, and it's like, how do you, how do you try and like, like express sympathy when you're asking for an update on like when soccer two is going to get launched? It's like, it's, it's so hard, but really great to see the devs out there. Really, really heartfelt uh, conversation that they had of talking about like their experience and stuff. So I, I personally want to support it just because of the perseverance that they've had. Same. I uh, had a similar experience interviewing Frogwares, the developers of Sherlock Holmes, Ukrainian mm. developers. Yep. That was a similar, it's like, all right, we're going to talk about the game, but you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I thought really cool kind of underneath the radar as well was 10 years of ID at Xbox. Uh, Xbox on its YouTube channel has an incredible video, which I encourage everybody to go look at. Um, but 10 years of ID at Xbox, uh, Chris Charla just doing an incredible job there. Um, it's wild to think 10 years of that. I still hate the name, but it's dope. <laughs> it's a bad name. It's got I a good ring it to it. I don't know. I like but the people ring. don't know what it means. I know. I know. Developers at Xbox. Like it's, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I don't, it's up there with uh, the, the portmanteau Nindies, uh, yeah. Nintendo Indies. Like <laughs> it's, it's silly, but, I don't know. I kind of like the ring of ID at Xbox. It, it I, does. I do, but <laughs> people don't know what it means. They will. It's been 10 years. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They're I smart. Suppose. Humans are adaptable. They are. They are. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm, I'm plucking through here. I think the Baldur's Gate 3 thing caught a lot of attention um, for all the right reasons. Uh, Phil also talked about how cool it was to see the CEO of Square come out and show support for xbox and when you see that you connect dots with like ea play being on game pass ultimate with ubisoft now working with xbox to stream things um i really appreciate the the intentional relationship building by microsoft i mean mm -hmm. even peter moore uh who no longer is with xbox but he was on the iron lords recently and yeah. he talked about how difficult shout out to iron lords how difficult it was for Xbox to build relationships. They couldn't pick up the phone. They had to fly everywhere and talk. And the way that was pitched in some places was like, Xbox has it so tough. They were talking about the original Xbox. And of course they had to fly and build relationships. They didn't have a console before. Yeah. Now though, it feels very silly that Xbox has to do that. Um, but I mean, they are slowly nipping away and, and carving that market share for the series S X and beyond um, in a really cool way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought one of the things that came out of the interviews as well, too, I thought was really cool was the uh, the comment and in, in we, we kind of touched on the Series S. Uh, but the fact that Phil feels like right now they are kind of at the end of the first part of this generation, mm -hmm. like they're outside, they're just outside what what I would call the launch window. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool because the, now's the time that we're starting to actually see games come out where folks have had time with the hardware. They kind of get used to the specs and stuff like that. And to have a conversation around like whether or not Xbox needs a mid-gen refresh 
mm-hmm. um, is very interesting because the the answer is no, but the answer is also yes. But right. the answer is yes with a like a with an asterisk. You know, it's like right. we're we're getting the Series S one terabyte, which feels like a mid gen refresh, but the hardware outside of the memory is isn't changing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are getting a refresh on the Xbox Series S side, mm-hmm. but that that was kind of funny to me. I, I I kind of thought it was it was funny to hear him say like, you know, we are we are making the Xbox Series S with a one terabyte hard drive, but we're not doing a mid gen refresh. Right. It, they they've really combated this mid gen refresh idea in a couple creative ways and a couple odd ways. Uh, I agree with him that we're it's starting to feel like we're exiting the launch window when I look at games like Hogwarts Legacy, Jedi Survivor, when we play Immortals of Avium, which is probably a top-tier AA, low-tier AAA game, but it's great. It runs on Unreal Engine 5. The game is beautiful. It's smooth mm-hmm. as butter. Like, I agree with it. It's interesting that it's taking place at the end of the third year, yeah. and I think that is largely due to COVID uh, and, and a lot of the impact that COVID had on the launch, the development as studios shifted. Um And I don't think that is an excuse. I think that is a reason. Two very different mentalities of that. Um, So I'm fascinated by that in and of itself. But Xbox is combating it by giving higher memory in Mm -hmm. the Series S. Uh, Finally, you can get a a third-party memory card, and the cost of those are going down. Not enough, mind you, but, but going down. And they're no longer... You don't need to buy a special edition console. Similar to how Sony is now selling plates for Spider-Man 2, Xbox unveiled the Starfield wrap, uh, which is really beautiful. Uh, for less than 50 bucks, you can get a wrap for your Series X and only Series X console that essentially makes it look like a custom console uh, for Starfield for uh, two different camo styles. I think one's mineral, one's Arctic. Really like that. Um, we talked about you finances earlier. No, finances earlier. I'm just mm-hmm. there's too much else that I need to do and take care of and be responsible about. Um, my egregious purchase was the Spider-Man statue. <laughs> but with all of the with all the games that are coming out, if we don't get codes like that's that's money spent. Right. Yeah. Um, which is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that means I'm not going to buy the wrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I got the, yeah. Go ahead, please. I was going to say I. I really wanted to, uh, I'm so worried about this rap, dude, because I, I, my biggest, with the PlayStation, it's easy enough to look at that and be like, okay, that's a hunk of plastic. You probably can't screw that up. Mm-hmm. With the wraps, though, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a firm core that we don't know what the core is made out of, I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it's like a nice vinyl and fabric, like microfiber fabric mm-hmm. on the outside. And I just, I worry, dude. I look at like, uh, 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 heat. Is that what you're worried about? Uh, less, I don't really worry about the heat because I've seen the heat indexes on the series X and it's actually pretty good. It is really just kind of towards the back of the IO panel plus the top of the actual fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that. The thing that I'm worried about really is, um, like sun rot on plastic and time over plastic when plastic dries out it gets crackly you know the edges are going to crack um you know you're going to get finger or it's going to get dirty and stuff like that and and i want to know like how easy is that to clean like how good are these materials um if i'm going to be spending bucks 50 bucks on you know the starfield 145 for the others and Mm -hmm. uh just kind of like how is that going to look i think it's brilliant 
what they've done with this though. I think this is a fantastic way to sell an exclusive looking console without mm -hmm. actually having to ship multiple custom consoles. Right. And I and I appreciate that because I mm -hmm. think I think Xbox designed their console to look like a cool console uh and to be very kind of you know minimalistic whereas mm -hmm. sony went flamboyant and decided to do the plates but they knew like in the back of their head they're like we're gonna sell plates later on and that's gonna be our exclusive console and then they do the exclusive console regardless anyway which is silly but what um i want to come back to that how much are the plates for spider-man 2 is that 100 is that right those more? are no 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 they're um they're either 60 or 70 okay so Close in price to the wrap. Comparable, yeah. Comparable. Okay, I like that. Um, I I truly like this solution because it doesn't impact manufacturing in the same way that a custom console might have, right? Uh, and to your to your nervousness, I would say, how long are you going to keep the Starfield wrap on there if there's a Hellblade one or if there's a Sea of Thieves wrap that they do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How it, it depends on the type of a collector gamer that you're you're going to have. Um, it might be, it's like the super Nintendo back in the day where you get that off white, weird, uh, weird one, you know, yes. like it might just that's, happen. That's what I'm worried about because yeah. that's the thing that I'm like, I, I, and, and it's a stupid thing to worry about. Like what's going to happen in 10 years when my Starfield thing rots away and it falls off my Xbox. Yeah. I get it. But, uh, I, I, that's, that's the thing that goes through my head whenever I see this, like, what is the long-term investment for this $50 thing that I'm going to enjoy for a year? or two years do you think it's the expectation of a 50 dollars product is that it lasts 10 year 10 years i would hope so yeah boy that would i mean at least till the end of the generation yeah. <laughs> Which, I'm, I'm not arguing against or for but like we've seen more and more how limited the quality of a product is for like longevity yeah you're not wrong there yeah so. they're not building for longevity anymore right they don't make them right. like they used to but they really don't, which is fascinating. I know they really don't. Sons don't of bitches. Yep. Yep. So either way, uh, uh, let us know what you guys think of the wraps. Let us know what you guys think of uh, custom consoles versus the wraps, because I I'm OK with with this being the solution. Uh, and same with mid gen refreshes, because I, I am curious about uh, what the community thinks about that as well. We've seen some really interesting discussions in discord. So, yeah, I want to um, get them when they're like on sale for like 15 yeah. bucks off. That's that's that. what I'm hoping for. I can see that. And I think I might be be it would depend on how much I love a game. Like if I end up loving Starfield, maybe I'll do what I did with Cyberpunk where I go back and get something. Mm, right? Yeah, that's true. And these are launching uh after the September launch date too. So those they're not even coming out until October. So yeah. like there's plenty of time for folks to decide if they if they want it or they don't want it based on their their uh, experience with Starfield. Surprised we don't see a Forza, uh, a Forza one. We'll see how that goes. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want a Forza one, folks, it's real easy. Okay. Go out, buy some white tape and some yellow tape, and then just mm -hmm. put little stripes up and down and around your uh, your Xbox because it's already black. So you got that black tarma tarmac. Just uh, put little like dashed slight uh, white white stripes on your uh, Xbox, and then boom, Forza Xbox. Forza Xbox done. Easy done. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> God, 
so gross. All right, uh, guys, we are going to talk about some Immortals of Avium and Armored Core 6. Before we do, please consider supporting XEP uh, by subscribing, by clicking like, by dropping a review on your platform of choice means the absolute world uh, and helps us out. Uh, and, you know, if you're enjoying all the interviews, we're at over 115 at this point, maybe support us on Patreon. So, all right, uh, Armored Core 6. Logan, I have not played it. I don't believe you have played it either based no. on our conversations prior to, but launching at an 85 Metacritic, IGN 8, Eurogamer 5 out of 5, PC Gamer 87 out of 100, uh, Games Radar 4.5 out of 5, Game Informer 8.3 out of 10, GameSpot 8 out of 10, Destructoid 9 out of 10. For all intents and purposes, FromSoft has done a great job uh, with this game, which is no surprise. I'm hearing that it's a little bit difficult. Uh, also doesn't surprise me, despite it not being a Souls game. Um, I'm curious what the conversation will be after Starfield. Will people care uh, or will people forget about it? Will it have the exoprimal effect? Obviously, this is a better game, higher scoring, but a very niche audience. Uh, yeah. So what are your thoughts? I think this is going to do well on platforms that Starfield is not on because mm. they, they don't have anything till October, mm -hmm. really, unless you can't like, you know, cyberpunk there's a mm -hmm. few there's a few games on there sea of mm -hmm. stars obviously going to be big uh but like i think that this will do well for sony fans because mm -hmm. this is a single player game it is a souls like style game i mean armor cords always had hard bosses uh mm -hmm. going you know going all the way back to their to their lineage and they had plenty of armor cord games on their console as well too with you know like the psp games and such so Seeing this come out in an 85 and be a cross-gen game, I think mm -hmm. it's fantastic, man. They Watching gameplay of it, it is rock solid. The frame mm -hmm. rate's there. The graphics are there. These guys have built a fantastic armored core, and kudos because I think that they deserve it. Mm -hmm. I want to play this game with the understanding that I, I suck at Souls-like games, um, but I love mech games, and mm -hmm. I kind of wish that there was... A, you know, a difficult setting because I would have really enjoyed this if there was an easy mode so that I didn't difficult, have to get yeah, yeah I see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like if there was an easy mode on this I would really really consider jumping in now before Starfield because I would really love it as it is I'm gonna have to watch more gameplay just to get a gauge on on how it is because that first helicopter boss has been destroying people mm -hmm. and I don't blame anyone for not feeling comfortable wanting to do that you took the words out of my mouth. It reminds me similarly of uh, Metroid. Metroid. Oh gosh, Dread. Dread. Thank you. Yeah. Because that's something I would be into, but I all I heard was difficulty. And in a crowded window, I don't want frustration, right? Like I'm in the busiest, busiest part of my uh, yeah. calendar year is the beginning of a school year and the fall of games and coaching. So it, I just don't have the time to be frustrated, or I don't want to spend my time being frustrated. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is a long wait for me because i'm we're after a more i'm after i roll credits with immortals it's either everspace 2 or starfield for a bit and then it's alan wake then it's yep. spider-man then avatar and somewhere in there will be call of duty and starfield in cyberpunk you know what i mean like so i think i'm waiting on armored core for a good bit i don't anticipate playing this game for some time uh but i should but the difficulty has me like mm, i can wait I can yeah wait. same yep so. pretty much now, you and I went hands-on with Immortals of Avium. We got it review codes. We've been playing it. You have rolled credits. I am, I just got the mark. I don't know if that gives you a barometer for where I am. 
Uh, yes. I got the mark. Okay. So I think I'm 70% through maybe I'm at Roughly. 12 hours. Okay. So I'm at the 12 hour mark and I think I'm 70% through, um, Logan, I think this game is really, really good. I'd say top of double a, uh, boiling on, on really good triple a, um, smooth as butter on the series X and the series S I've played on both. Yeah. Unreal engine five is on full display with these, uh, the, the visuals uh, I really like a lot about Immortals of Avium. I've got some hangups, but I dig it. And I recommend this as a buy for people. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, this was a game that um, I was expecting to be kind of, eh. and mm-hmm. going into it, you know, getting the code and whatnot and sitting down and jumping into it. Um, I was really, really impressed with how I felt about it because I was expecting it to be kind of like a, it just based on like the, the marketing stuff like that. I was like, eh, it seems like it's going to be like a meh kind of game. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be fun for those. They'll probably find the fun in it. Uh, I was not expecting how much I enjoyed this. Um, the so, combat. Oh, go ahead. We'll say we kind of thought we might lump it in with like the tier of outriders and exo primal and, yes. and that tier of game. Yep. Right. hundred percent. And I think it's a step above those. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think there there are still some things that need to get polished with this game, mm-hmm. uh, and and I definitely have my quips with design elements and, and choices that were made mm-hmm. uh, with like the the gear system, the spell system. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think there's a little bit of of feature bloat in this. Gets a little clunky. Yeah, not clunky in gameplay, but like trying to manage all the different types of magic and stuff. yeah, like. Bro, the, the three types of magic were enough for me. I didn't need all of the furies and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just give me the three types of magic with the different sigils and uh, let me find, like, you know, my favorite loadout mm-hmm. and then let me have at it with those plus the uh, the secondary things as far as, like, the wit or the lash, the uh, the the dominion or the, uh, the stun and the uh, limpets. And then just let me go. Um, I didn't need the furies. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I could have been without those, but... Overall, what I want what I want to say about Immortals of Avium is this has the making of a world. And mm-hmm. being that this is an EA original, it's a brand new IP. The facial animation is is way higher than it deserves to be. Uh, and they did a fantastic job with that, as well as the casting and the in the uh, the voice acting that was was done for this. The story is going to be pretty pretty bare bones um it's a good story but it is very much a i know what's going to happen and i think you you even called out uh a couple of things too very early on yeah Yeah. so it's a little it's a little predictable but honestly just like going to see like a john wick or an expendables movie i know what i'm going in for and Mm -hmm. and i and i'm just there for the ride and that's what Mm -hmm. i feel like immortals of avium did well is it gave me uh, a good story mm-hmm. and a fun time with the combat. I think mm-hmm. I I appreciated some of the the Metroid Prime slash God oh, of War. St- that was gonna be my thing. Well, you're <laughs> the one that actually, and I've heard it from other folks too. You're not alone. The the Metroid Prime thing you mm-hmm. called, and I think was really really apt because I was originally saying it was very much like a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order meets God of War style game as far as like the story and the gameplay mm-hmm. and dude you talked about the uh the the metroid prime thing so uh, what do, what do you mean by the metroid prime comparison so obviously we're in a first person shooter 
Um, and there are parts of the world that are locked. And it's not quite Metroidvania-esque, but the game requires you to solve puzzles, line up different color sets and features, blast certain certain elements of the world, um, and rewards you accordingly with new exploratory elements. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not on the level of like a, a, a Zelda, right? Like you're, you, you and you're unlocking shrines in Zelda, it's a little bit different, but there's this brilliant and lovely audio cue when you solve a puzzle. And some of them are meant to be very simple. Some of them are not. Um, and yeah. that's where the Metroid Prime complexities kind of come in. But to, to cross a lava lake, you have to solve uh, a puzzle that is not intensively difficult, but you're going to be doing some first-person platforming. You're going to be shooting some, some, some portions of the area, figuring out how to traverse using your whip uh, to kind of like uh, grapple around the world using magic. Um, and it does feel very Metroid Prime, especially when you unlock and you get that little chime that just makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really did like that part of it a lot. I mean, it it is happy. And one of the things that's interesting to me at 70% through is there are things I've been passing nonstop in the game because you do some back traveling, but not in an obtuse, obnoxious way. And yeah. I'm like, I can't do that yet, but I know that I'm supposed to. So yep. as I'll animate a statue or highlight something in the world, I'd be like, oh, I, th- I can tell I'm supposed to do something here, but I don't know what yet. Yeah. And as you you gain uh, abilities and unlock por- portions of the world and, and the story, it just feels very rewarding. Um, there is some feature bloat. I agree. The gear system was perhaps unnecessary based on what I've played so far at, at 12 hours in. I don't need to be doing some of the gear stuff. I could I could have done with a toned down version of it, given the amount that's already in there with the three color types, the three uh, abilities that you get with the the slowing down the world with limpets or the lash with the grapple hook, more or less, um, Mm -hmm. and the stun. I I could have done with a little bit less of the the upgrading, but I still really dig it. I like walking around this world, Logan, because it's so beautiful. The animations are so good. I I think people will take umbrance with the, the dialogue at first, and because you're going to start, it's going to start to feel like, wait, are we going for spoken routes? And you are not. The characters are really all in on their world. And it's just like, no, this is just them. They're not making fun of anything. They're self-aware, but they're also just writing the story out. And they're quite, quite in on it. And I really like uh, Jack. I really hate Kirkin, but I think I'm supposed to oh. hate him. Kirkin's oh. a great character, but like, I get a vibe. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that's a good actor. Gina Torres is on full display here in the best ways. Like she's mm-hmm. a great actor. And like, you, she makes you, you're questioning, you're happy, you're sad. It's just like, Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've got something cool here. I really hope for a sequel. Um, I believe I'm going to be talking to Brett Robbins. At least I, that's the schedule at the moment. You know, things change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited to talk to him about AVM because there's just so much coolness. This game is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, first off, you have to finish the story before you talk to him. Cause there's, it's, it's, I would say it's very important that you do so just based on okay. what I, what I, what I played through. Sweet. Um, just it's, it's one of those things where I, there's questions that I want to ask that are going to be super spoilery to the mm-hmm. story. And, uh, and, and I, and I would like to have like a, a good kind of spoiler warning for folks um that pertains to that story because i think it's it's 
very important given what that game is trying to accomplish. Um, but yeah, this game, it, it's it's uh, it, it's the type of game that if you like, I would normally go in for this if it was like a third person action adventure game. It feels like that type of of game, like you're supposed to see your character running around. the The platforming of it is a little bit. It's it could use a little more polish in some mm-hmm. cases, but I do love the movement because I was the type that was using my shield a lot and I was using my lash to get from place to place. Uh, and I was trying to really kind of dodge and move away from other people and use my range things. And I've seen some other people go more he- heavy melee build on this. Mm-hmm. And it's been very interesting to see. Um, I wish that the talent system had been a little more impactful as opposed to slight bumps in damage or uh or, or augments on like critical strike rating or, or health regen or something like that or, or like dot damage um but they they you can see the influences from other games and they did a really really honest job of taking those influences and making their own game and it was it's a hundred percent worth the investment to play this and don't feel and honestly what i will say is the one thing that i think it was a little egregious was the power level of the sigils that you get if you buy the deluxe edition <laughs> yeah i'm loving it but yes <laughs> yeah it's a little <laughs> egregious because they they should not be nearly as powerful as they are they should be a little bit higher than the first like five chapters and then you mm-hmm. should replace those mm-hmm. i kept those on for pretty much the whole game i'm still wearing them yeah <laughs> i'm still wearing them uh yeah they are pretty powerful uh yeah so but yeah and and the 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 gear system is not bad um it's it's pretty straightforward you know you're gonna have three different types of spells per color and you just kind of find out like which one you want it's kind of like playing like destiny where you know you've got a range of hand cannons they're all hand cannons but each one has like a different rpm or a different ammo capacity or a different perk and very much like with the uh, the sigils here like there's three different blue uh types of of uh spells that you can do and you just got to find the sigil that works best for your play style mm-hmm. and and move with that and then kind of yeah. build your tree around the the main spells that you like using the most agreed agreed um i think we are both in agreement in recommending this yeah yeah, yeah this was a I, solid seven for me i see i'd put it at an eight i think it's above a seven mm. i definitely think it's an eight um based on where i'm at right now of course you've rolled credits i haven't um i think it's a shame for some people because it's going to be coming out in such a crowded time this would have been a perfect january or july Mm -hmm. hit um but if you are on the fence then sure wait for a sale but like you're going to be happy regardless it's a good good game guys and it's only like 20 30 hours too like and that's it, it really does depend on how much you invest in running around finding all the stuff and and doing that like i i knocked out a lot of the achievements naturally just by hanging out in areas and working out puzzles so Mm -hmm. and i and i really didn't have too many problems with uh upgrading my gear and having enough materials for that as i was going around because i was trying to hit like every single cache that i could find Mm -hmm. agree same all right, uh, let's go do some listener mail here and then get on out of here, good sir. Uh, this one comes from Todd Oxtra, one of our patrons. He says, what do you see Xbox doing if PlayStation launches a pro model? Would they really want a third spec model to add more complexity to messaging and development? 
Um, this is a great question that given how Xbox is handling the wraps, given how they're handling memory, and given Phil Spencer's comments, I don't anticipate them dropping a mid-gen refresh for a bit. That doesn't mean they won't, but I think they're holding off right now in favor of kind of collecting themselves. Um, I don't think they need one. I think they need to to bend a little bit more on the parity and unlock the Series X a bit more. I'm, I'm honestly... It's- I think we've had this conversation in the past and I still kind of feel the same way. Like if they released a new one, I'd probably buy a new one. Uh, But Spider-Man 2 is going to be the first major console exclusive for PS5 that is only on PS5 three years in. Uh, This has just been a different generation. And the fact that Sony is going to be supposedly launching this, this Pro model really does kind of speak to them following the track that made them successful on the PS4 as opposed to giving developers the opportunity to really like lock in the hardware and not have to manage for multiple specs. I want to know less about what my what Xbox is going to do if they release a, a PS Pro version and more about what are devs going to say when they are starting to build for a Pro and they then have to deal with the standard PS5. Like, mm-hmm. will that be an issue? Mm-hmm. And if so, how will that impact Xbox and the Xbox Series S? I think a better question is, is what will happen when devs realize that they're developing for PCs in a console space and have to have to build their game based on a broader spect- spectrum of, uh, of PCs? I still don't understand how... Uh, PC gamers get away with having a huge broad range of hardware and nobody complains about the fact that they've got like a minimum and a recommended specs. But as soon as it comes to like console games, they're like, oh my God, I can't develop for the Series S. It's not powerful enough. I can't develop for the original PS or Xbox One. It's not powerful enough. It's like, how is the how is PC getting away with this? And consoles have to bear the, the grudge of it's not powerful enough hardware. I don't get it. I agree. It's similar to like some co- like Nintendo can get away with, I think, abusing their customers. Um, Sony's kind of <laughs> dancing into that. Like the PlayStation Portal feels like a Nintendo move, which sucks because Sony was cream of the crop at one point. Like they the Vita was just so good. Um, mm-hmm. And and they they I feel like Sony kind of is disingenuous to their customers right now with PSVR 2 and with the Portal uh and and i think the earbuds look pretty cool but like the whole some companies just get they just get <laughs> passes don't get me started on the ps stuff man i will rant it's, on that it, it is strange a good topic for uh, another time for sure i think um, <sighs> yeah because it is interesting to see how people react to some things versus others um so it goes There's, yeah hey, did you see i know we're trying to wrap up here but i found this odd so ign made a faux pas a few weeks back about not including xbox mm. in the, the listed con do you remember this yeah and genuinely honest mistake i think i think maybe um certainly aggravated plenty of users and and i saw we saw some people in our community very frustrated by it um and then apologized fixed whatever but then they did it again very recently where they excluded yeah. xbox and that is interesting to watch. Do you think they'd build redundancies? And I'm curious, I guess you would say like, 
where you stand on it because the idea of a media bias to me makes a lot of sense and terror and no sense at all. It makes sense. People would write articles about things people click on or are interested in. If you have more customers for PlayStation, of course you would write more PlayStation articles because they're clicking on it and you are an ad funded uh, website, right? For enthusiasts and whatnot. When you bring journalism into it, it's a little bit different, but still interesting for it to happen a second time though is strange but i don't buy the idea that the media hates xbox i do buy the idea that they are rewarded just like content creators are rewarded for being inflammatory yeah i think they're rewarded for writing things that people are interested in but this was a strange one and i don't know how to react about it so uh shout out to per schneider um over at ign uh, mm-hmm. I love that man. He's yep. he's very kind to have followed me on Twitter. Um, and because of that, I tend to see a lot of his tweets more often than not. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm not going to say who it was. I know who it was. But he got into a discussion, I'll say, on Twitter uh, regarding this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to actually read his tweets there you to, to kind of give a little bit more context on what's going on here. Because I think everyone's making a narrative and not mm-hmm. looking for the facts. And yep. I appreciate having the facts from IGN because I do honestly think that IGN is trying to do their best work, but that's tough. I do too. I so agree. The, the question came out that, uh, you know, unfortunately IGN has mistakenly forgotten to list Xbox again when it comes to CS Stars on their website. This title also launches day one in Game Pass. Pear responded to this on Twitter and said, to be clear, it's not just Xbox platform omissions happens with PS uh, switch PC too. And there are two distinct causes. One, our database updates are lagging because we're down a database editor and the position is already posted and we're hoping to make a hire soon. If you spot this, uh, if you, if you, if you spot an issue like this, um, and then there's question about, people who write the articles being the ones to own the database updates on that. Uh, and he responded that the, the approach with that would be untenable. Um, that's what they're doing right now to kind of fill in the gap for having that, that database per editor missing, mm-hmm. but we need centralized management of database and asset uploads. Remember there's embargoed information management too. Support of IGN playlist, user requests, how long to beat sync, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the the question then came in: Well, if it's if you're doing it now, why is it untenable? Um, if if the editor or if the writers are the ones that are owning the database management for for the articles that they're writing, and there's mm-hmm. and he goes on to say that what you're describing is what we're doing right now. We have without having a database manager on this, it's too many points of uh, potential failure. Someone has to own the process to ensure things are checked and updated whenever there's a new trailer with a date slash platform slash news story, etc. We've used we used to have a person on this, and we're going to hire someone to take it on again. Hence the current challenges. There are hundreds of change requests daily. The database has over 200,000 records and powers IGN's playlist. It's a full-time job plus freelancers, hopefully soon. Uh, so the question then came in, article authors uh, not have uh, do not have the ability to update basic information? And uh, Pear responded, no, the game's database is, separate to- is a separate tool set and doesn't allow for embargoed slash preloaded info. 
some senior editors are able to access slash edit because it's but it's a full time job. So many challenges every day. Look for that mistake pointed out here. There are 1000 correct metadata updates. It's basically saying like, you know, someone will notice this one, but there's a, a, a thousand changes that went in that no one paid attention to. Mm. So overall, the 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 discussion continued on. There's a little bit of back and forth and whatnot, but the problem with with what's going on right now is there's an empty position at uh, IGN that is mm-hmm. being hired for that is very important. They're not paid off by Sony. They're not <gasps> accepting. Logan. I know it's it's shocking. If Wait you, a minute. If I'm trying to tell you, Sony isn't paying them. It sounds nuts. And I and, and that's easy for an Xbox fan to come out and say, but I know how IGN is. I know how the editors are over there. I know the 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 folks that have talked on this that have experience with the actual company have echoed the same the sentiment. And Pear comes out straight and says, Hey, we screwed up on this. It's not intended. We're missing a person that is pertinent to keeping that kind of stuff up to date. And we're trying to get that position filled and we're making, we're having to make do right now with, with a subpar system. And it's just too hard to kind of keep up on that all the time. It's not on purpose. They're not trying to be negative towards Xbox. It's just how this happens sometimes. Well, I'm shook at the core, but sincerely, thank you for sharing that because Mm -hmm. I do think people go overboard. Um, And I, I will stand by all day. People write articles about what people are clicking on, but this is not that mm-hmm. this is a fundamental break in infrastructure because they need to hire somebody and they're trying to find someone to fill a void that is causing uh lag in yeah. a system that they're working on and they're aware of it. Um, and I don't think these are one-to-one comparisons of media bias. It just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. So it's it's right. For- it's right there with uh, Phil Spencer saying like, look, the, there's no correlation between people not shipping split screen features uh, on on games because the series s isn't powerful enough like right it's just the this is this is a narrative that is being drawn up to kind of fuel fanboy stuff and Mm -hmm. and it's just frustrating to see that because you know the people that know the real truth don't always get to come out and say it and mm-hmm. in this case, you know, Phil got out got to actually come out and address it to IGN of all mm-hmm. people. And then IGN is getting flack because there's a database manager missing that is mm-hmm. keeping the checks and balances in place for stuff like information about, you know, products launching on certain things and stuff like that. Right. It's not a it's not a paid off thing. It's not a, a, a slight against Xbox. They wouldn't have Phil Spencer on if they were sliding Xbox and, and Xbox felt that. But people on truth social they told me mm-hmm. they told me the earth is flat the moon landing was faked and elon musk will save us all well they're gonna have to talk to <laughs> india who just landed uh, uh, uh something on the moon <gasps> oh my god yeah the moon's not even real and neither are birds oh damn <laughs> yeah sorry about that hate to break it to you <laughs> all right uh <laughs> dumb morons aside uh Let's go ahead and wrap up there, Logan. That was a lot of news, and I got a lot of editing to do at this point. Um, please let people know where they can find you on the socials and what you got coming to, to Keel Hall after you mm. record this. 
Uh, so I'm going to be on uh, Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Um, I did get a Blue Sky account, but I don't really have time to go over there. So until Twitter dies, I will probably be over there lightly. Uh, and that I have no clue what that's actually. That's at CaptainLogan.BSKY.Social. I'm also on Threads. Um, I don't have enough time for all these social medias, though. So I've got my backups in case Twitter dies. Uh, but realistically, I've been spending more time on our patron discord. So definitely head over there if you guys want to, to kind of keep up with the conversation going on with like Starfield and stuff. Uh, other than that, Keelhauled discord, uh, or, uh, Keelhauled podcast, um, see these podcasts have been doing it for five years, consistent, completely unnoticed by mainstream media. Don't understand that still working on, uh, how that works out, but, um, yeah, got some news about Monkey Island and uh, Legends Week coming out in September. So lots of uh, content that we're finally starting to see some news on uh, coming to see if you. So keep an eye out for that and listen to the Patreon episode this month. There you go, guys. You can find me on socials uh, at Insipid Ghost on all on all of them. Like Logan, I'm navigating them as best I can. Yeah. Uh, please take the moment to support XEP, uh, liking, subscribing, sharing, writing a review, and then if you're so inclined, patron. Uh, we appreciate you. You can of course find us in the Discord as well. That has been a blast. I made a verbal faux pas. I didn't read something properly, uh, and nobody <laughs> called me out on it. And they all privately <laughs> laughed at me. And I'm mad at all of you for not telling me that I read this wrong. And everybody was just like, "Hmm," and no one said a word. And it's like when you have broccoli in your teeth, and no one tells you. So thanks for that, guys. <laughs> All right. Oh man. That's it for us. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care. Bye.